Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Thanks for tuning in this weekend to Let's Talk Portland. Intercom Radio Portland's weekly public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham. In the middle of a pandemic, crime doesn't stop, and victims need a place to turn. And I'd like to introduce you to Andrea McAllister. She's the Crime Victim Advocacy Manager with Lutheran Community Services Northwest. Hey there, Andrea. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well today. Thank you for having me on the show. Certainly. So let's get started by having you tell us what is Lutheran Community Services Northwest. So Lutheran Community Services Northwest, or LCSNW, is a nonprofit, and we serve people in Washington, Oregon, and Idaho. And I specifically work in our Vancouver, Washington office and our Portland, Oregon office, working with the Crime Victim Advocacy Program. So the agency has been around for about 100 years, um, and our Vancouver office celebrated its 25th anniversary last year, and our Portland office, um, Crime Victim Advocacy office, celebrated its fourth year this year. Wow. So the the whole organization has been around for almost 100 years. That's a good long time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Kind of around the last time we had kind of a an awful situation <laughs> happening around the world and in the United States, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So tell me more about uh, the people that you serve and the, and the work that you do. So specifically, I work with the Crime Victim Advocacy Program, and we work with people who have been impacted by crime. Um, so that could be a primary victim or a secondary victim, if, it, if the crime directly happened to them or a family member or a loved one or a friend. Um, and so we work um, with victims to, to support their uh, resilience and navigating systems after, after a crime. And what kind of crimes are we talking about? Practically anything? Just about everything. Uh, we are funded to uh, serve what we call general crimes. And so that includes uh, theft, homicide, uh, fraud, um, identity theft, harassment, um, anything except domestic violence and sexual assault. Um, there are other agencies in our communities that are funded to specifically work with victims of domestic violence and sexual assault. Okay. Although it's important to know that a lot of crimes can intersect. <laughs> um, and so we do partner with agencies. How many clients are you guys serving at any given time? Um, in, in the last uh, nine years of serving crime victims, we've served over a thousand clients, um, close to 2000 clients. And we, we never close a case. Um, and so people come and go as needed. And, 
so we we roughly do between 10 and 15 new intakes a month. Um, and we have noticed that the need is increasing in the last few months. Oh, really? Is that directly mm-hmm. related to COVID-19, do you think? We do uh, directly related to COVID-19 and um, other current events that are happening. What's the difference between the help you give and the help that the police department gives? So we all have different jobs and roles to play. And uh, for instance, the the police department has their role in uh, safety and determining if a crime has been committed. Um, And then our role is to support the victim. And we know like in the legal system, uh, there's a prosecutor, uh, the, the offender or defendant has the right to an attorney. Um, and yet the, the victims are not automatically assigned a place in the courtroom or an attorney to themselves. Uh, a lot of time if they need legal help um, or emotional support or other services, it's on them to navigate the system and find their own support. Uh, and so that's where we step in. We kind of feel like we're uh, a gap filler. So we help them navigate the legal system, provide emotional support, uh, look for other resource and referrals um, within the community to help support them. And then we also work um, on supporting victims' rights. Um, like I said, there's there's uh, only two tables in front of the judge, one for the prosecutor and one for the defendant. And so there's not even a, a, a space really for victims. And so, um, so we're working side by side with them. Navigating. And a lot of times, oh, sorry. Pardon, pardon <laughs> was, me, that was my fault. Go ahead. No, I, I was going to say a lot of times, um, you know, even, even lawyers, you know, they are limited on time. Police are limited on time. And one of the great things about our services is our, our caseloads, are smaller, and so we have more time um, and flexibility to spend and individualize for clients as needed. Um, so even though we have a lot of clients and a lot of um, you know open cases and, and clients can come and go as they need, um, we do have the ability to individualize for them. Navigating the legal system, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Are you guys specially trained? Are you, are you a lawyer? We are not lawyers and we are not um, eligible to give legal advice, uh, but we do provide legal advocacy. And the difference there is that, uh, you know, we have familiarity with the system and the courthouse and the proceedings and the paperwork. Uh, We have also have access to um, legal aid and a quick referral process specifically set up for people who have been victims of crime. So anybody in the community can reach out to the Northwest Justice Project or Clark County Volunteer Lawyers or Legal Aid of Oregon. Um, but one of the things about our our program is that we have a referral system set up specifically for for victims um, to provide the the unique services um, and access to attorneys. Um, and. And also, um, just to give you an example, uh, you know, sometimes victims have never stepped foot in a courthouse for any reason. And so even just walking in the door can be intimidating. Uh, and there's there's nobody really, uh, you know, assigned to give you a tour or welcome you in. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they're, you know, and also our clients are focusing on all the 
the impact and the trauma and the healing from from what they've encountered. And so to be able to meet someone at the courthouse, um, walk them around, give them a tour. This is where we turn in paperwork. This is where we come for hearings. Uh, this is, you know, this is generally what will happen. Um, one of the things I've learned from the court system is you learn something new every time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but just to be able um, to offer that support and um, even stand next to someone. As an advocate, we do have training um, that's required for our position. Um, and we are allowed to even, when, when clients are applying for protection orders, they have to go to a hearing and their offender, you know, gets a chance to, to have their turn and their say. And a lot of times that can be intimidating for a victim to stand next to their offender and and ask for a protection order. And one of the benefits of having an advocate with you is we can even stand next to you and just be a physical barrier um, in between the client and the offender so that they don't even have to look at them if they don't want to. Um, That's got to be really comforting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even it's even just being there. And we've had people say like emotional support. Why would I need emotional support? And then we show up and afterwards they are so thankful and grateful that they had somebody next to them. Oh, awesome. And they say, oh, that's what that means. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking today with Andrea McAllister of Lutheran Community Services Northwest. Now, Andrea, um, what can a new client expect when they when they approach you? So a client um, can expect to have an advocate uh, asking questions, uh, listening to their story, um, and we usually do an intake where we need to gather some information. Um, so to become a client, uh, we just need to make sure that you, it, our services are free, um, but we just need to make sure you qualify as a victim, a primary or secondary victim of one of our general crimes, like we said. So there's going to be an intake. Uh, we're going to listen to your story. Um, we can't promise results, but we promise effort. Um, and we also do um, case management. And and so we can help a client brainstorm and uh, pri- prioritize what they're needing in the moment. Um, so we can do, um, like I said, resource and referral, legal advocacy, emotional support, case management. Um, but then we kind of work together to see and create a plan with the client and individualize what support do you need, what's taking priority. Um, For example, today we had someone come in who, um, or it's over the phone now with COVID, but uh, we had somebody call who is being harassed and then being asked to leave um, where they're living, even though they're the victims being harassed. And, so our first priority was connecting them to a lawyer through Clark County Volunteer Lawyers that specifically specializes in housing. Um, and then, you know, secondary is going to be checking back in, um, working with Council for the Homeless, you know, making sure that they have stable housing and support as needed. So it, it's it's interesting because every client's situation is unique and we have the ability to be flexible and individualized. But one thing that is common throughout is that you're going to be uh, welcomed and listened to. And even if there's something that we can't do, we we like to think that we have a no wrong door policy and that we're going to stay with you until we find the right community resource or agency that can help you. Um, 
and we do notice that a lot of times the clients that are coming to us have been told no by a lot of other uh, people and uh, don't know where to turn. And so we we really want to make sure that we're standing with a client until they've found what they needed for their situation. And like you said earlier, you're working with so many other organizations that there's there seems to always be a, a, another door to go through, maybe? Yes, and sometimes it's even... Um, you know, not everybody knows about everything that's available in the community um, or they tried once and maybe the line was busy and they got frustrated. And and so just having somebody uh, being able to reach out as well. Another thing we know about working with people impacted by crime is that telling your story over and over and over again can be re-traumatizing. And so to have an advocate being able to reach out um, on your behalf and connect you with other agencies um can be supportive as well. Um, You've talked a lot about advocacy, and I, I want to know what's the difference between between community and systems-based advocacy? Yes, so um, so at Lutheran Community Services, we're a nonprofit community-based advocate, um, Crime Victim Service Center. And so systems-based advocates are placed within um, the legal system in the courthouse. And they will be assigned to you, um, but the only way to access them is if your crime has been reported to the police and then um, moved into litigation. And so the prosecutor has moved forward with charges and and then um, every prosecutor courthouse has uh, systems-based advocates to help navigate um, deadlines, timelines, um, However, at Lutheran Community Services, um, we know that victims often need support before. Um, so to be a client with us, you don't have to have reported your crime. Uh, some people are not comfortable reporting the crime ever, um, but still need support and services. And, and sometimes they need this support to even make the report. Um, so we meet people where they're at. Um, and can help people on every step of their journey, whereas system advocates who are just as important are only pe- are only able to help the people who are at a, a certain uh, point of their journey. Um, like I say, they've reported the crime and it's moved forward into the legal system. Um, it really seems like you guys are so non-judgmental. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, one of our goals is that we want to provide individualized um, we want to be high quality, um, victim centered, culturally, culturally appropriate. And, um, you know, we, we believe in social justice. Um, we, we believe in making room for everybody's voices and in the work we do, we see a lot of times, um, marginalized communities and victims, especially, um, their voices aren't getting heard. And we, we want to make sure that, if people want to talk, that there's room for them to do so. Now, you're called Lutheran Community Services Northwest. Um, this may be a silly question, but do you have to be a Lutheran to, <laughs> to get services from you? It's actually not a silly question. It's a very um, frequently asked question. And no, you don't have to be Lutheran to, to get services uh, through us in any of our programs. Um, we were founded by Lutherans, and so our name is um, kind of a homage to who founded us. Um, but I, we always say our 
uh, you know, our even our staff, you don't even have to be Lutheran to work for us. So our our staff are just as diverse as the um, communities we serve. Um, we have staff who are bilingual um, and can speak many different languages, um, Spanish, Russian. Um, we have staff who understand Ukrainian, um, French, um, some Arabic languages, um, Turkish, and um, and if there is a language that we don't have staff that can speak, uh, we have access to interpreters, um, which is also free to our um, to our clients. Um, and so I always like to say, if we can't, you know, if we can't speak the language, we're sure going to work as hard as we can to find somebody who can. Um, but we do often have people who call up and will tell us, I was Lutheran as a kid, and <laughs> um, and it does seem to draw some people to us. But no, um, even in our other programs, my um, we have many different cultures and religions and um, just a really diverse staff and really diverse um, community that we live in, and we um, welcome welcome any anyone. And also um, wanted to say that we... Um, our services are confidential, um, so they're free and confidential, and legal status is not required to access our crime victim advocacy services at all. Wow, free and confidential. That's, that's, uh, that's a big plus. Mm-hmm. So, well, since you are a nonprofit then and services are free, how do you, uh, how do you raise money? Ooh, <laughs> that's another good question. Any way um, so you can. We, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're actually... Um, a, uh, the majority of our work is supported through what we call OCDA, which is the Office of Crime Victim Advocacy. So, um, so we manage, we're grant-based, you know, grant-funded through the state of Washington. And so we are the recipient of grants to do this work specifically designed for victims. Uh, Washington State said, you know, victims deserve uh, a right to, to quality um, services and care after a crime. And so... Uh, but in order to have the grant and the money to, to, to provide the staff and the services, uh, we have what we call a match. So we have to come up with a match um, every year. Um, it's pretty significant dollar amount. It can be um, donated through volunteers. Uh, we actually, in our Crime Victim Service Center, we get a lot of our match from interns who are going through their um, social work degrees. So we have uh, people doing their bachelor's and mostly their master's in social work or even degrees in criminal justice um, who will come in and do um, year-long internships with us. And all of those hours count towards our match, but also um, fundraising in the community, donations to the program, um, uh, especially um, with COVID, we have uh, a lot more um, financial needs for clients coming through that we're working in connecting them to other resources. So um, we've been really lucky to participate in Clark County with the Give More 24 campaign for the last two years. Um, and just trying to get, we do a lot of outreach um, as advocates. We do direct service and outreach. And part of that is just letting people know about our program. Um, and so, so that we can, serve as many clients as we can, but also if people are interested um, in donating to Lutheran Community Services Northwest, um, they can always check out our website at lcsnw.org and then specify uh, crime victim advocacy that they'd like to make a donation to. 
Uh, we've had churches do um, gift card drives where they just ask people to, to donate gift cards and then they'll bring an envelope of gift cards to our agency. And that is so nice because it meets our match, allows us to continue our grants and funding, and yet gives our clients the ability to buy groceries and and, you know, save their other money for rent and things like that, because we know that um, being, you know, being impacted by a crime has emotional and financial um, implications. And um, so that those things are always welcome. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And you said you've seen kind of a spike or, or at least an increase during the last couple of months. So how has COVID-19 affected your services? So we've, um, we've always said we're not an emergency service, but a lot of what our clients are going through are very urgent issues, and we do um, offer crisis intervention. Um, and before COVID-19, our crime victim service centers in Multnomah County and Clark County were also walk-in <laughs> service centers, and so people could just walk in as needed or call as needed to talk to an advocate. Um, they could also schedule appointments, um, have weekly recurring appointments, but but the ability to have somebody just walk in or, or be referred, um, like in Clark County, the, like the YWCA or the Council for the Homeless, um, they can say, I think you need to check out Lutheran Community Services. Here's their address. Go ahead and go. Um, and the same thing for us, like, I, you know, here's, here's the phone number, but also you can just walk in um, to see if you can get an appointment with Clark County volunteer lawyers. And so, um, so having to stop um, seeing clients in the office has impacted us. Um, we're still busy. We're still doing the work, but it is different, um, you know, because of a lot of that emotional support when you're in person um, holding space for a client um, that's been impacted. Also, you know, the courts and the hearings and um, has been slowed down. And so that's impacting victims as well. Um, that that process is harder to navigate and slower. Uh, we have victims whose hearings were scheduled. Um, you know, they're waiting for for what justice is for them. And, and that's been postponed. And we don't know when those trials and hearings are going to start up again. Um, We've also had clients whose offenders have been released um, from prison and jail because of COVID-19 um, in Washington State. And, um, and so that can create um, some, some heightened emotions and uncomfortableness and fear. And so um, our advocates are still working. We are working remotely from our homes. We have um, agencies provided us all sorts of um, equipment so that we can still provide, you know, confidential services, um, but we are doing them remotely over the phone and the internet. It's amazing how during a pandemic, you know, we're all um, trying to have some bit of normalcy and crime doesn't stop all the way. No, no. And in fact, it, um, it, it can increase. Um, what we know is um, when people are home, um, you know, we're, uh, abuse can continue and increase and not be reported. Um, and also, um, the, some of the general crimes that we work with are hate crimes and bias crimes, and we support people who are are experiencing those kinds of crimes. And we've noticed that that um, 
that's really increasing right now too. And also now that people are online more and doing things online, um, you know, the bullying doesn't stop. It just, it just goes online where people are as well. And we also have noticed an increase. Um, you know, there's the, the possibility for fraud um, increases when, when there's issues like the pandemic and relief coming out. And, and so our Portland office, um, specifically has done some great um, partnerships with other agencies in getting the, the word out there about um, COVID-19 fraud and how to protect yourself. Um, and before this, they were even working on um, fraud around the um, census, <laughs> the 2020 census and how to, you know, how to protect yourself and how to navigate it um, and, and, you know, in informing the public of how it will be conducted and so that you aren't falling victim to scam scammers out there. And so, yeah, um, things, things are definitely, um, definitely increasing and, um, we're working hard to, to support where we can. Well, thank you for the work that you do. And in the last few seconds here, let us know how somebody can get a hold of you if they are in need of your services. Yes, so you can go to our website at lcsnw.org um, and look for our Crime Victim Advocacy Service Centers. Again, we have an office um, on Halsey in Portland, so we serve Multnomah County. Um, and we have our Vancouver office um, in Washington on Main Street. And um, we also have our phone numbers, um, 360-694-5624 for Clark County and 971 7830 if you're in Multnomah County. And again, lcsnw.org. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you helping us get our voice out there. We've been talking today with Andrea McAllister, Crime Victim Advocacy Program Manager with Lutheran Community Services Northwest. Let's Talk Portland is an Intercom Radio Portland public affairs program. 